You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show only on America's Web Radio. And we're delighted to have both guys in around the round table. Mr. Steve Ronaldo, he is on the Horseless Carriage Board of Directors. I have to really slow down to say that. I can't say Horseless Carriage Club fast. But my, my teeth walk over my tongue or something like that. And then there's Jim Weber. That's uh, that's with the uh, Harris Stylist Association of America. Yep. And uh, we we see that they've done another good job on your hair. Been a long time, Jim. It has. It's been three weeks. We missed you. Thank you. Yeah, believe me, I I missed being here. Well, you know, when all else fails, isn't it fun to be on radio? Well, especially when Steve and I both have a face for radio. Yeah, that's it. That's well, true. Uh, today we got we got it. Uh, <coughs> we're recording it and. Uh, uh, I think we're going to record it. Yeah, there we go. We're going to record it and uh, let everybody see what you guys look like. We're going to put this up on uh, YouTube if I can figure out the the software to convert it. But, you know. I've never done that. That's a, Don't you no. have your own tube? No, yeah, I have uh, an inner tube. We also got a, a great guest coming in. We're going to be talking to Jeff Brashears. Uh, Jeff is the president of the Buick Heritage Alliance. and uh, Are you guys familiar with it? Uh, a little bit, but not much. Because, you know, it, it's like every other club. They have their own... Every car has its own following and stuff. But uh, I've heard of this organization. Um, and a lot of... I think what they do, and I'm not 100% sure, is they, they have historical documentation, especially for older Buicks. Or specialty ones like Buick Grand, even Grand Sports, I would imagine. Yeah, the Grand what, National. What yeah, is Grand the? I, I'm, this isn't even a, This is a no-brainer. What is the one thing about a Buick that we've always had, we've always seen, and I'm curious where it came from. The holes. The holes. Yeah. The holes the on the side. The portholes yeah. on yeah. the side. Yeah. yeah. I wonder who the hell. I guess we can ask Jeff when he. Uh, yeah. He's going to be yeah, calling. Yeah, that's out. a good question. Uh, you um, know. Uh, I know it had to do with cooling. I know it had to do with letting right. air get out from under the hood. That okay, because that must have been initially yeah. because the, <clears throat> yeah. I, all I can remember, they just had the, they looked like holes, but they weren't. And the earlier ones, they were real. Yeah. Huh. They yeah, were real. There were three so, in the special, and then the super and the roadmaster had four. Ah. So, yeah, and them. also, another thing about Buick, a lot of people don't know, the fastest muscle cars made were Buicks. Faster than the Hemi? Yep, yeah. the Grand Sport 455 Stage 3 was the fastest yeah. muscle car made. And you don't think of Buick and muscle car going right. together. Well. They, what was the, what was the, it was almost like a little GTO, but it was the Skylark or something? Oh, that was the, that was the Grand Sport. Grand Sport, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. that was the, the sort of same body that, you know, Camaro and all that stuff. Not, not Camaro, Chevelle and all Chevelle, that stuff. Yeah. I had a friend that, uh, that uh, everybody, you know, every Friday night we we might go to some road and might do something that was not quite 
lot legal. Of, a lot of smoke and noise involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of smoke. But <laughs> uh, Jimmy D. Land, his dad was a, had a big real estate agency, and Jimmy D., everybody thought he was crazy. In fact, he had, he had come back from, uh, he was in the Navy, come back, and everybody thought he was out of his mind, but he bought the, the uh, Buick. And, um, you know, I had lake plugs on it and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, people thought he was not buying a Buick. That's an <laughs> old person's car. Yes, no it what. is. Yeah, the you last know. time buyer's club. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he would come out every Friday night, and he would make enough money to see himself over well during the week, you know. And uh, they, yeah. they were fast. They, yes, they know. were the fastest. Yeah. They were the they were the fastest. People yeah. don't believe it when you tell them. Everybody says, "Well, it's the fastest one," and they'll tell you, "Hemi, no, not even close." But uh, yeah, kind of interesting. I, there's a and and when I got into the brass car stuff, I was told by brass car era experts that there's only three cars to consider, unless you're rich: Buick, Model T, Ford, um, or Overland. And then Rio being a close fourth. Hmm. Um, you know, you know why Buick led all of the initial quality surveys and stuff. You know, the the ones that come out when you buy a new car, the JD Power sends out, yeah. and Buick was always at the top because they sold them to old people, so they couldn't hear the squeaks and rattles <laughs> and, yeah. and see the, and see the paint blemishes. So yeah. that's why their numbers yeah. were always so high. Yeah, I got. I, I've been. I've been messing around with this this new Avanti, and uh, you know, that car has a clear sunroof in it, and that big Barracuda type monster back window. And I found out about this stuff, and I went over to the company here that does it. 3M makes a clear tint that they put. Well, it's not really a tint then, but but it goes on the windows on uh, on the inside, and it and it stops ninety percent of the sol ninety seven percent of the solar heat. Yeah, it's a UV blocker. I have no idea what it is. I'm going to get it done Monday on on that Avanti. And the guy showed me they have uh, uh, around here. There's only a couple three places that do it. Uh, and he showed me their demonstrator. What they have are heat lamps. And they have uh, one with nothing, just regular glass, like you have in your car. Push your button, push the button, and put your hand up on this thing. Then you go over to the the dark tint that everybody uses. They think is so cool. Yeah. There's not a lot of difference. The dark tint uh, uh, blocks about thirty percent. That's all it does. Uh, about thirty percent, and then they have one that's uh, something else, and then they go to this new this new stuff, and it's only a it's a very not very old this stuff they, 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 that they make, and only three M makes it, oh, and yeah. yeah, and you put your hand, they turn it on, and you put your hand right in front of it, you don't feel anything. Wow! Don't you? Don't they do the same? They have the same stuff that you can do your whole house. Yeah, yes. they do houses. Yes. They do yes. houses, and they and they yeah, <coughs> and it's it's a little bit expensive. Uh, but uh, considering, I, you know, I well, make it a lot cooler in there. Yeah. Well, well money's no object with you, Steve. <laughs> you're well, the owner. Yeah, but there's, you know, you, if you're going to uh-huh. use the damn My thing. My God, is you're a, only covering, what, a two by three square or something like that? Oh, no, it's very expensive, this stuff. 
Yeah, I'm going to do all the windows. You're going to do all the windows? All the windows. Huh. He said what most people don't do. Are you going to put it on the Cadillac, too, after your heat? He uh, he said what you don't do uh, is people don't do the windshield. And he said the windshield is the single biggest cause of, of being uncomfortable in a car because if yeah. you're, yeah, because the sun comes yeah, in and, yeah, and it gets right on you. Yeah. yeah. And that well, stupid sunroof. So, so I'm serious. Are you going to do it on the Cadillac? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Thinking about it. And it doesn't reduce visibility. No, all. it's all it's clear. Okay, all right. You put it on the outside or inside? Inside. Inside, okay. And it takes it takes a while to install. If I get it over there by noon on Monday, he said you should get it back on Tuesday. Okay, now another dumb question. I don't know about you. I we don't none of us smoke or anything. When I did smoke it was even worse. But all of our windows inside, if you're driving a car around, they still get stuff. Stuff. Yeah, fi- they fog so up from the uh, from the plastic. Yeah. Plastic. So, Thank you. <coughs> how do you clean the stuff? The I don't know. Way? I don't know. But see, like that car's all that car has leather. That you know, it's kind of you brought that up. It's kind of an interesting thing. There, when when car new cars are made and they do what's called a shed test, they put the car inside a shed. They heat it up with these lamps, and they sample the total air quality. And everybody says, oh, look, they're doing leather seats and this and that. It, that has nothing to do with <laughs> luxury. It has to do with the car passing the shed test. Uh, so leather is there don't, to... Don't say that fast, or you might, something else might come out. What? The shed test. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, Mr. Yeah. Trump. But but anyway, that's why they do it. They're using more natural stuff and more metal back in cars on the inside because being in the sun and the heat, it, they don't emit emissions. They're, in the early of plastic dashboards, the big dashboards, um, the stuff would get so bad, it would fog the window up, and the only way to clean it on the inside was lacquer thinner. The new stuff now isn't that bad. No, no. No, so they've changed Do you it. think at some point... Conceivably, this will become a an, a new car option. I'm sure if they can get it into the glass, figure some way to laminate it into the glass somehow. Put that sheet on, and then put the the protective plastic lamination on top. I'm sure it will, especially on the the more expensive cars. I was really impressed with this. A guy showed me, and he, I didn't even knew this stuff existed. I had no idea it existed. So I'll just. I'll, do they sell it by the square? No, no. You have to, I don't know. You, you. He looks out and he went out and measured all the windows and gave me a <coughs> price quote, quote for doing the whole car. I could have done just the windshield. I could have done just the sunroof. Any combination. He did each individual window, and to get the whole car done was only another seventy bucks. Okay. Your is the Avante uh, the sunroof? Is it a? Ma- it's manual, right? Or is it's it a. It, 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 no, it's electric, but it's I've electric. disabled it. I, okay. It's never going to work. Okay, so in one that does work, there can't you can't help but have a bit of a scratching. I don't want to say Why? scratching. Uh, no, it just sits. It doesn't. The glass doesn't touch anything. You mean when it when it goes back, yeah. it, rubs. it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't touch anything. No. The glass doesn't touch a thing. Okay, yeah, it's just there. Um, how'd you find this? I didn't. I I was thinking about getting the regular window tint. Right. 
And I went to the muffler place to uh, get a, see if they could do anything. I went to three muffler places, and they can't fix that rumble in that car. So I had to order from this. Evo- and this is another interesting guy. We should get him on sometime. He was a Studebaker dealer and an Avanti dealer. And he said, well, even when I was a dealer, I spent more time in the shop. He's a walking encyclopedia of Studebaker and Avanti. He lives We're in Michigan. Michigan. Nice man. <laughs> and... Uh, um, so I was talking to him about the, uh, the exhaust. So I bought two, and this was really weird. Gas, no, your, your the, the Avanti packs. came factory two choices of exhaust systems: mufflers and glass packs. Those yeah. are the factory glass packs, and it's just too loud for me. I, you know, I, I got one for you, and I know this is nice <laughs> to everybody. My old Explorer has has a disease of some sort. I'm not sure what kind. On particularly hot days, it's happened three times now, once yesterday. On particularly hot and humid days, you can go out, drive, start it up, drive it, da-da-da, and then you park it, and you come back, and it won't start. I mean, it turns over like a son of a gun, but it will not start. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, and it's like, it's like the old vapor lock, except it's, it's not a vapor lock. It's boiling the gas away from sitting and, uh, there. So I've taken it to the shop, and they can't, there, no code comes up, nothing. Yeah. They can't duplicate it. So uh, about three weeks ago it happened, and then yesterday I was out. I'd been out, been to Home Depot, my my second home, and, and uh, you know just running some errands. Came back, put it in the garage, and had to go back out. But it had been in the garage maybe thirty, forty-five minutes, something like that. I went out, turns over like a son of a gun, yeah, but will not it's start. Out in the garage, so it heat soaked. It and heat so soaked. Got yeah. hotter. Yeah, it boiled the gas away. <clears throat> well, now just. One suggestion, which wouldn't cost a lot of money, I'd change the fuel filter. Okay. So I go online. A friend of mine said, go online and see if anybody else. This is a, a incredible problem. All over. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's ethanol gas. It's boiling away. Okay. So yeah. you're saying change the fuel filter. What uh, else well, could you do? That's the only. Else? Well, not unless you're going to get a cold water hose and a pressure washer and wash the fuel line. You can buy. You can get. Uh, if you look at Summit Racing, they'll have fuel line insulators that you can put over yeah. the fuel line. Yes. And it's very simple. It's a 15-minute job. Just do it under the hood. Hmm. But, I, I, you know, your fuel filter may be may doing be some of the re- restriction if it hasn't yeah. been changed in a long time. It was yeah. changed right from the factory. <laughs> Don't tell me that, David. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll be calling uh, Jeff momentarily and come back, and we'll be talking to Jeff Brashears after this. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And on the line with us today, we're delighted to have... um, Jeff Brashear is on. He is the president of the <laughs> Buick Heritage Alliance. Jeff, welcome to the roundtable in the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Good morning from Cedar Point and the Gatekeeper Roller Coaster. Wow. Are you on the roller coaster now, Jeff? Uh, no. I uh, took a couple rides. We're having a roller coaster event this morning on a roller coaster that gives over a million rides a year. So yes. yes. A beautiful day here and a great day to talk about cars. It always is, yeah. Well, Jim, Jim's always on a roller coaster, and he doesn't even need all the steel work that goes with it. Hey, I've been on that roller coaster. Where's this? Yeah, Cedar Point, Ohio. My weekends are at Cedar Point on a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Ohio. It's Cedar Point is probably uh, it's more famous than Six Flags. I'm I'm trying to help Steve here, Jeff. Ohio is more yeah. famous no, than Six no, Flags. Cedar Point is Cedar. Sandusky, Ohio, more famous than Ohio. Yeah, Sandusky, Ohio, and if that used to be the home of Chuck Dietrich and Dietrich Motors, I used to date. I used to date Bridget Sandusky. Did you? Yeah, she was very, very, really stacked. (laughs) (laughs) We we have to live with this. (laughs) Yeah, I better stay away from that. But anyway, this Steve. How you doing? I'm good, Steve. How are you this morning? Yeah, yeah. Jeff, we, we promised, or I promised you, that we wouldn't throw you any hardballs. But before the show, or not before the show, but the first segment, we were talking about this. So I'm going to throw you a hardball, and, and I'm going to test your uh, your Buick knowledge. We Uh-oh. We all agreed that the one thing, other than age, old age, but the one thing that Buick always had going for it was the identity marker of the the holes on the, the porthole. Port port so, yeah. port so, who came up with that idea? And, and Steve pointed out that initially they were for cooling, a method of cooling the engine or under the hood and so forth. But do you know who came up with that idea? And you know now they're fake, but they've it's that's a Buick. Yeah. Geez, I wish I knew the answer to that question because I'd be like the smartest Buick guy on the radio this morning, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, well, you would. Yes, you would. Well, the show's over. He can't yeah. answer. <laughs> Nobody knows where they came yeah. from. Right? <laughs> well, and of course, the deal always was the special was the only one with three holes, and uh, the dealership that I worked at their import store always put a fourth hole in it. 
just to confuse people. So it looked like a Roadmaster, right? Because the yeah. Roadmaster was or, or, the top of the line, yeah. and it's the one that had four portholes. Well, the Century had them, too, didn't it? Right. Yeah. Correct. And, and uh, it went all the way but, through the nail heads. When did it stop? 57 or somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, well, it stopped, and it's obviously obviously started again. Right. We have some cars that have portholes again on the side. My first car was a... 53 Buick Roadmaster with factory air. Oh, and, uh, man. Buick, Buick's first factory air year was 1953. They only built 1,250 cars, and the portholes are pretty slick on that car. Yeah. They're uh, functional, though. They're functional. Yeah. Actually, the the air intake is back along the sides of the pillars by the back seat, so the front portholes are closed and painted, but the air intake came back because the blower was in the back in the trunk. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah they had huge, huge. Yeah, Got thing filled they, up the trunk. They were big, clear plastic tubes in the in the back. Yeah, up window. on the roof, up yeah. on the roof. Yeah, and they, yeah. the air actually fell on you instead of blowing in your face like it does now. Yeah, yeah, it's quite an quite an interesting deal. There's a lot of stuff about uh, Buick that 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 people don't know. But before we get into it, tell us a little bit about your organization. I've been on the AACA board and stuff. I know a little bit about the organization, but not much, uh, not not a ton. But tell us about your organization that you're involved with. Well, the Buick Club celebrated their 50th anniversary this year, and in the late middle of the late 90s. A group of individuals formed the Buick Foundation. And because of various political things that went on, which we don't need to go over, the, the uh, nonprofit was not a success. In 2005, Terry Dunham, who has passed away, who wrote, who, who he and Larry Gustin wrote the, the uh, Buick, complete book of Buick, um, came to me and said, I'd like to form an organization, a nonprofit for the preservation of Buick stuff, okay? And uh, the board met in, actually met at Willow Run, at the Willow Run Airport, and we took a trip over to the Gilmore when we got done sitting around talking. But our board is formed of sort of the who's who in the industry, and the focus right now has been the collection and dissemination of Buick literature for your collection or for car restoration. And interestingly enough, um, when when Terry passed away, his collection went to our organization, and David Landau, one of our board members who will take over as president next January, had a pretty phenomenal collection and also bought a World War II Buick production collection about what was going on. Interestingly enough, the most requests we get for restoration are 20s and 30s cars, which is sort of the opposite of what you would see at a car show, right? Because when you go to a car show now, you see a lot of newer cars. Yes. Correct, yeah. Um, back probably in the early 90s when Terry was putting that book together, if I remember rightly, I met him at Meadowbrook at the uh, Concours one time, and what an interesting gentleman. I believe his whole background was General Motors with Buick Division, wasn't it? Actually, he worked for Pontiac. Pontiac, okay. And yeah, and when he retired, he became an an, uh, uh, an insurance adjuster for the insurance industry, focusing on automobiles. Terry was a wealth of knowledge. He had a he had a, a database by VIN that he developed from Buick, so that you could send your VIN number, and he would do all the work and tell you about your car. We're in the process 
of restoring right now his eight hard drives so we can start furnishing our members that information. But um, Terry had a collection of tapes, interviews, um, Buick literature, uh, you know, and he and Larry Gustin were good friends when Larry was the Buick PR guy. So that is housed, as a matter of fact, the collection at AACA. And we sell copies off of our website, but you can also see the originals at the AAC Library in Hershey. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff like like uh, most of the cars under the General Motors umbrella, I guess you could say, Buick started out just like everybody else as an independent. And what was the relationship that brought them into the umbrella? And was it beneficial, or do you think at some point they could they have survived <laughs> as an independent? That's an interesting story by itself. Actually, uh, David Buick and Walter Marr were involved together and went bankrupt, and uh, General Motors bought the the uh, company that David Buick owned. Um, interestingly enough, we have a, a, a Board of Governors member um, um, who has the Walter Marr collection and uh, is in the cur- in currently in the process of scanning all the diagrams um, for that. So... Buick has a great history, and they're great cars. You know, when I was growing up, we drove a Buick because it was the family car, right? Exactly. Yes. So we've done My a lot to try too. to preserve the history through the organization. I got, I've got, i got a Buick story that nobody here or, or you can't top, I don't think. <laughs> here we uh, go. My, my aunt, uh, this would have been in uh, 68, I believe, 1968, Um uh, my uncle had died, and my aunt was going over to their ranch uh, near Tucumcari, New Mexico, bought a brand new, and, and they always drove Buicks. Uh, they, I mean, they were, I guess they were old from birth, but anyway, uh, they always bought Buicks. They'd gone to Scoggin-Dickey, or she had gone to Scoggin-Dickey Buick, bought a brand new, uh, top of the line, whatever it was, in, in 68, and was driving to... Uh, Hereford, Texas, on her way to Tucumcari, New Mexico, and someplace between Amarillo and getting to uh, Hereford, uh, she came upon what we called out in West Texas a little sandstorm, and literally her the driver's side of the car was taken down to the metal. That is a pretty good story. (laughs) And uh, she she went on to Tucumcari, on to to the ranch, and uh, when she came back, she took it back to Scoggin-Dickey and traded it for a brand new one. It should have been all done, because if she went back, it was the other side of the car that would have got sandblasted. Well, the sandstorm didn't last that long. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) That's a great story. I, I think we all have stories. I had two spinster aunts that were yeah. both uh, nurses that drove Buicks. And I will never forget, and these were the sweetest two ladies, you, you know, they spoiled me rotten. But that was back in the day, this was in the 50s, when the salesman came to the house to sell you a new car. And I can remember that. They had a 55 Buick. I never had that. Yeah, well, you, but <laughs> I'm going back in the 50s, David. Well, even my, I don't remember my parents. We always went to the dealership. Yeah, no, the salesman would come to the house, and and he wanted to sell her a 56 Buick. It was the cookies. Yeah, the cookies, yeah. Yeah, it was and the I, cookies. And, and I was there, and I remember <laughs> this guy 
trying his darndest to sell her a brand new Buick, and she wasn't going to budge. So, one of our uh, board members, Guy and Anita Bennett, run the oldest family Buick dealership in Wayland, New York, in the United States. Wow! And Guy's stories are just phenomenal. As I mentioned, we just celebrated our. 50th anniversary of the Buick Club of America uh, the last week of July in Allentown, Pennsylvania at Nicola Bulgari's brand new facility. Yeah, that's quite um, a place. And for you guys at the AACA, you're familiar because I understand you're going to have a Grand National or one of your shows. Yes, we are. So Next year. It's a, a pretty phenomenal location for a car show, and his collection is just unbelievable. Jeff, if you, uh, if you don't mind, stay with us. We're going to take our uh, wait, wait second break. And we'll be back on the classic. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got what I remember that that uh, uh, Miss Miss Sandusky and I went to the annual Kielbasa Festival. No, the Kielbasa Festival at Cedar Lake. Okay, we'll be back right after this. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for forty five years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. This is this is fun. This is like playing with a bowl of jello or something. <laughs> uh, we've got um, Jeff Brashear is on. He is the president of the Heritage, our Buick Heritage Alliance organization, and uh, we're delighted to have uh, Jeff on. And hope we're not. Em- I hope Steve's not embarrassing you or anything, Jeff. Nope, we're doing okay. Yeah, Standing here I, by the gatekeeper at Cedar Point talking cars. Okay. Um, one of the, 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 the things that I was we were talking about bef- uh, earlier, uh, we were just talking, was that the people don't know this, but Buick had the fastest muscle car of the muscle car era, that GS 455 Stage 3, hotter than a Hemi. Yes. And people just don't know about that because all they picture is, is Uncle Louie in the Buick going yeah. to the grocery <laughs> store. That, that was a stock uh, four-barrel, too, wasn't it? 
Uh, I think it was two fours, wasn't it? Stage three, two four Ram Air. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Is and this really a Buick? That's the question, right? Yes. Yeah. Like we have a uh, we have a seventy Buick Grand Sport Stage One, and we actually put airplane fuel in it to preserve all the inner workings of the engine so it doesn't deteriorate. Yeah. How many of those were made? Do you have any idea how many of the Stage Three cars are made? There oh, wasn't that's, many. That's a really good, not very many. That's yeah. a really good question. You know, the GSX and the Stage Ones, Two and Threes are very, very collector. Very collectible yeah, because there's not many stuff. of them around. Big, yeah. big stuff. Yeah, there's probably 700 of the original 300 left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sticker sales have gone through the roof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Jeff, why, why do I need to join the uh, Buick Heritage Organization? Well, I think it's very important that we preserve our history. I'm a big history buff. I was a train guy until 1985. And I went to a car show with my father-in-law at that time and ended up buying the 53 Buick that we talked about. And since then, we have been running a classic car show in Columbus, Ohio, for the Arthritis Foundation, raising money, seeing a lot of cars. And everything we do, we try to collect things and preserve the history of the car, the automobile, the people that made it happen. You know, younger people aren't so history-driven as we are, (laughs) but I think it's important to recognize our past to spring into the future. So, so is there a brick and mortar that I can come to? or the uh, All of our archives from a literature standpoint are at AACA, uh, the library in Hershey. In fact, we're working with the AACA, AACA as you guys might know now. Um, if a new building gets built, the Buick Heritage Alliance will have a room in that building. Right now, we also have a display in the car museum. It's been there for the, almost the past 10 years, recognizing uh, Buick and the Buick Heritage Alliance. We are probably going to put something in the new Durant-Dort building that our board member, Kevin Kerbitz, who works for General Motors, he's going to be the overseer of the update and upgrade of that building in Flint, Michigan. And we're also talking to the Gilmore. So there's a lot of places to go yeah, talk and see yeah. Buick. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going well, on. Is there anything left of Buick City? Uh, there's some nice statues that they recently put up. It's, it's funny you ask that because my very first trip up to Flint was when Terry was alive. And we went up and visited with Larry Gustin and Peg Holmes, who were, the, who were the PR people at that time for General Motors and Buick. And we went over to the Sloan and the Buick Gallery and uh, did an article about the Buick Bug, which, by the way, was down, t- down in Allentown. So that was the, the Buick race car. So there's, there's lots of things the Sloan is doing also because the Sloan is getting ready to add on up there just like AACA. So... I, I do think that I do think our age group is looking a lot at preserving more history and expanding to do that. Sure, you know, Jeff. With the, one of our missions has always been since uh, Steve was gracious enough to uh, start the show many years ago with us. But our, one of our missions has, has been just what you said, and that's trying to get the attention of get them off the damn couch and get them away from playing with their thumbs. And get them interested in history. Get them interested in the classic car hobby. Finding out what a, what the car industry is all about. What are you all doing specifically to get the attention of of the younger generation? I am really glad that you asked that question. You know, I mentioned that, that uh, I have run the Arthritis Foundation Car Show. This next year will be our 35th anniversary in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, it's a $250,000 fundraiser for the mission of arthritis. Every one of my children has worked there. 
and my 15-year-old daughter two weeks ago when we went to Allentown worked the registration room for the entire week and just wrote an article for the Buick Bugle about that. So we have a big focus, at least in our family with our children, about bringing young people into the network because those people are going to be the ones that preserve our heritage going forward. Is it going to work? That's a good question. I do have concerns about the Buick Club like you have concerns. I I will tell you that uh, in April I bought a new Buick Cascada convertible. I love it. I'm glad to see that Buick is starting to focus on perhaps a wider array of vehicles to bring in younger people. It's a great car to drive, lots of fun. So uh, hopefully they have the idea and we have the idea to do the same thing, right? Work with the young people. Bring them in. Sure. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is Buick's biggest market is China. Correct. Yeah. And in fact, have they started delivering the Chinese built sport utility yet to the dealers? I do not know, but I will tell you in Allentown there were there were a there was a group of twenty people, twenty Chinese that came to the meet in Allentown with a TV crew and filmed the entire meet to be back on their television because of their interest in Buick. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's the car over there. Um, let's. That is the car. Let's pick and, up. And uh, they, they were there all week long. They saw all the cars. They went to the tech clinics, and uh, I finally did an interview on Saturday night just before our banquet, before we got done, but the idea was to take it back and promote it to, to the Chinese folks when they got back. Neat. Let's go back to our little conversation at the break about the Buick dealers and the fact that the the Buick dealer, uh, and a lot of people don't realize this, but was very prominent in the community, um, at least in the two communities I grew up in. And the thing that uh, as I traveled in the car business, you always had a big Buick dealer in the major metropolitan areas. And you and I were talking about, have they ever put together a whole list of the dealers in the communities? We're actually working on that. We got, as I mentioned before, when we were talking off offline, we recently got a donation from a lady in Boston whose father was a regional manager traveling Buick dealerships. And he put together three photo albums of all the dealers inside, maintenance, things like that. So... We encourage people to make donations to us that we might save for the history. And uh, we have a lot of nice dealer stuff now, and we're looking for more. Uh, Jeff, talking about dealers, as I grew up, and I, I I don't pay enough attention today, I guess, but when I was growing up, you had a Buick dealership. You had a Oldsmobile. You didn't have a Buick, Jeep, whatever, whatever, and 82 other different is is Buick holding its own like that, or are they merging with forty other uh, brands? Jeffrey thinks consolidation is the wave of the future. It just is, as you know, it's so expensive for land and facilities nowadays that almost every place you go, you know, it's Buick GMC, Buick Chevrolet, whatever it happens to be. So, I mean, I see consolidation continuing. Yeah, yeah, I oh, agree. Sure, with you. absolutely. Yeah. You have to. But there were some big Buick dealers. I could take a one in Jacksonville, Key Buick, for a long time. Yeah, Key Group, yeah. Yeah, which was part of That's the one John thing Williamson that makes Guy Bennett so unique in Wayland. We, we put out a poster at the, uh, the Buick celebration in Allentown, and we used his dealership 
is sort of a one-car room, and what they sell is Buicks, right? They're yeah. not into Toyota and all these other marks. Yeah. What? Where is Whalen, New York? Uh, not far from Buffalo, sort of in the middle, yeah. middle of the yeah. top of the state. Okay. Yeah, I, I it know sounded it familiar yeah. to me. Um, I yeah, had guy a is, guy and Anita are big Buick collectors and have a pretty phenomenal Buick car collection. As you're the history guy, let me ask you a question. I've had three over the years of the first generation sixty Riviera sixties Rivieras, which I think is probably one of the most beautiful sixties cars ever made. And uh, the one that I had, I was told that the when '63, when when uh, Buick was going to do the Riviera, that actually the car was going to be sold as a Cadillac, and Cadillac opted to not pick up that car for whatever reason, and it was going to be the rebirth of the Eldorado. And it, they were all silver with sil- the first fifty or five hundred were all silver with silver leather interiors of the Buick Rivieras, and I had one of those, and I put it. I, I drove it around for a while, put it in Hemmings, and I had a Buick dealer call me, and he's the one that told me the story on that car. Is that a true story, or is that just something he made up? He bought the car instantly because it was silver with silver leather interior. No, it was it was designed for Cadillac, and Cadillac was not interested in the uh, design. And for Buick, it turned out to be probably the greatest. Well, I don't know. I, I, some people call it a family car. I'd call it more sporty. It's a I think great it's a more car. Sporty car. We have a '64. It's a phenomenal car. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was Bill Mitchell's baby, and correct. Bill Mitchell was a silver guy. If you look at some of Bill Mitchell's show cars, they're silver with silver leather. Was it the Riviera that was front-wheel drive? No, no these are these were big engines. Yeah. These were huge engines, 425, two four-barrel cars. They go like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And yeah. how many gas stations could you pass before you had to stop? <laughs> I know. It didn't matter back then. I had no, 32 my, cents yeah. a gallon. I had the one with the real wire wheels on it. That was one, not that one, but another one had the real wire wheels. And I bought it because Frank Sinatra had one in a movie, and there was nobody cooler than Frank Sinatra in the 60s. Except no. for Steve okay, Ronaldo. I, also, I yeah. also think the um, we have a collection of Rivieras from the 80s, the convertible. We have an 83 Indy Pace car. We have the 83 20th anniversary Buick. I think that era of Buick from a convertible standpoint was the highlight of Buick's career. You do? Yeah. I like the 53s. The Skylarks. Yeah, but the yeah. big funny, the openings in the back. And, the back the wheel, wheels yep. yeah, were painted red. Yeah, you, they were white with the red, and they and had the... You could the, see uh, the red inside. That Kelsey, was pretty cool. The Kelsey Hayes chrome wire see, wheels. I, I also am involved a lot with brass car, brassier cars. And when I got into brassier cars quite a few years ago, I was told, and I told these guys this already, I was told if you're going to consider getting into brassier cars, there's only three to consider. And that's a a, uh, a Model T, an Overland, or a Buick, and and I can tell you for sure when you go on the the, the brass car tours and we go all over. Matter of fact, we're going to the Glidden tour in a couple of weeks. Uh, that the Buick cars very seldom the early brassier cars they they ever have any issues. Very very seldom do the early brass Buicks have any kind of problems. Wonderful cars. 
Jeff, with that being said, can you tear yourself away from the roller coasters for uh, 13 more minutes? Yes, perhaps. I, I'm actually walking down the Millennium Force, which opens at 9 o'clock, so we can do one more session and then I'll yeah, skate. Okay, do. we're going to take a break. We'll be back on the Classic Car Show right so that was this. That was true. 45 years of experience yeah, is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest he today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's <laughs> Web Radio. We want to uh, thank Jeff Brashears for joining us today. He's the president of the Buick Heritage Alliance. We also want to take this quick opportunity to uh, thank Passport Transport, uh, one of our sponsors, and J.C. Taylor Insurance. I know both of them probably had big weekends last weekend and on the Monterey Peninsula, which I know very well. I know the bad part of the peninsula called what used to be called Fort Ord, and um, where they were is a little bit prettier than yes. the, the places yes. I was at at Fort Ord. But uh, anyway, uh, I want to shout out to Ed Watts. Thank him for sponsoring the Classic Car Show and Passport Transport. Uh, they do. They're, they're, I guess, they're nationally known for their uh, green trucks and the service that they perform on transporting classic cars or any car, I guess, uh, across the across the state or across the nation. So we want to thank them. And same way with uh, J. C. Taylor Insurance. If you're looking for insurance for your classic car, there's only one place to look, and that's J. C. Taylor. And Bob is uh, is a very good friend of the Classic Car Show. Anyway, back to Jeff. Jeff, tell us about. Uh, well, I, I think uh, Jim's got the question, actually. Well, well Je- Jeff, um, let, let's approach it this way. I bought a Buick, and I want to uh, restore it to its original splendor. Now, how can the uh, Heritage Alignment help me? So it, uh, we have a couple sort of angles here. We have a very knowledgeable board. There probably isn't a day that goes by that we don't get a question 
about what's going on. In fact, we've got one going on right now with a 64 Buick Electra. Um, we have a very knowledgeable board from, you know, from a restoration and car standpoint. But on the website, we have documents from almost the entire history of Buick. And in those documents are uh, mechanical restoration, particularly early 50s and before. There is a plethora of information on there about um, the car, what Buick issued, service bulletins, manuals, just everything you could possibly need to do a car restoration. And like I say, the board has been very, very helpful. We get a lot of questions on a weekly basis about where'd the car come from? Can you help me? And I think I mentioned the VIN issue. I think when the VIN, uh, we get all these uh, hard drives restored. I think helping people with a VIN to know exactly who sold their car and what it cost and what it had on it will be extremely helpful. Good, good. And you, you've got experts on both the straight eight and the nail head, I assume. We have experts on everything, and as you probably know, uh, if you've ever looked at a Buick Bugle from the Buick Club, they have experts for every year cars were built. So wow. if we get stuck, we have a lot of people to go to to ask questions. Okay, that that's uh, that helps. Um, and your website is www.buickheritagealliance.org, correct? Correct, and I yeah. would encourage people, um, there's a history, or there's a mission, there's a history of Buick. In fact, for the uh, Allentown uh, meet a couple weeks ago, we published a new history of Buick that David Landau and Bill Anderson, our vice president, put together. Um, it's a 16-page document. Those are available. We have posters available. All of our members, our board members and our board of governor members, work for free. Nobody gets paid. This is about the. That, love that sounds and like one of those of political organizations that they're talking about these days. <laughs> yeah, nobody get paid gets paid. Fly around on private planes. <laughs> don't you? Uh, no, we don't get paid, and we don't fly in private planes, but we work really hard. Do you guys go back to the brass era cars, or not so much? Yes, and it's very interesting, by the way. If you look on the website, there's a lot of material from the early years. That was actually Terry's focus. Terry wanted to start at the beginning and work up, and so if you go to the website, you'll see a lot of car information from the beginning, like I say, right up through the 50s. Okay. Right, and, and mention Terry's book again, if you would, please. What was uh, the complete the Buick, the complete history of Buick. It was written by Terry Gustin. Or Terry Gustin. Yeah, I'm all right. Terry Dunham and Larry Gustin. It's still available. Um, if somebody needs a copy, you can come to us. We're glad to help you get there. Uh, there's a great new book that Larry uh, Gustin just wrote about uh, David Buick, David Dunbar Buick, and Walter Marr and the early years of Buick. So there's a lot of material out there right now available for people to look at. Good, good. And, yeah. and I imagine it's also available on Amazon. Everything is available on Amazon. Everything. <laughs> Even Amazon's. Yeah. yeah. Even Amazon's. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That was really bad. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Well, one, one of these days, week. Steve's going to grow up. We just don't know when. <laughs> we hope yeah, not. Like, like you just mentioned, I would encourage people to go to BuickHeritageAlliance.org. Yeah. Check us out. See what we do. All of the donations that we get go to paying for things that we need to do. Obviously, we pay to store things at AACA, and we're working with AACA right now to do some additional document scanning for me. And by the way, the AACA is a tremendous resource for car knowledge. 
when we've had an issue that we haven't been able to figure out, uh, Chris Ritter, who is there, has done a phenomenal job of researching information that we need. Yeah. What, what, what does it cost to join the alliance? Uh, there's no membership fee. We're not a membership organization. We ask for donations, and anybody that gives a $1,000 donation gets a really nice plaque that says the Century Society. So we're strictly a donation organization. That's cool. Yeah, does that plaque have four portals? Yes, okay. four and a half. It's a Roadmaster <laughs> road plaque. Exactly. Oh, yeah, D- DDB stories, as they call them, uh, David Dunbar Buick, uh, one of the most interesting guys in the early automotive history, and I always hear, you know, I read a very short essay on this guy and how he lost all his money and all of this stuff. It quite an amazing story from from riches to rags, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he died a popper. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing story. And and uh, who was it? Billy Durant was the the key criminal, the key the, yes. the key guy. Yeah, ran right over the top of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much the the early railroad industry. The railroad barons, particularly in the east, the Pennsylvania Railroad and the New York Central, very much mirrored the history of the automobile, where there were a lot of obviously crooked things going on during their history to make money. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's so, it's a it's well. a great story, and I I I like Buick. Just uh, just for nothing, uh, do you know? I we have two very good big Buick people here. You might know Bruce Kyle in Atlanta. We do know Bruce. Bruce and Char hosted yes. our um, hospitality room at their Allentown show. They're phenomenal. Yes, they're nice folks. And then Jerry Rickstein, Big Jerry. Yep. We have a great group of people, and Buick yeah. people have been very generous. We had uh, 2,000 people in Allentown to celebrate our 50th anniversary. And like I said, Bruce and Char managed the hospitality room for the whole week. Yeah, I'll have to tell him that you gave him gave him a, a, a good a good pat on the back when I see him. Probably next Labor Day, there's a big car show here. So. I, I can't imagine having a show without uh, Bruce and Shar. They're an institution, and they've been very gracious with their time. Yeah, how about Earl Beecham? You know, Mr. Beecham, that's written a couple of Buick books. We do. Yeah, I've known Earl for a long, long time. He's he boy. You want to talk about? There's probably no bigger Buick man in this country than Mr. Beecham. I, I didn't realize that there were still people alive that owned Buicks. Absolutely. I, I thought, I thought it, you know, it's, is, it's, is, it's is it just a, is it the truth or a rumor that uh, <laughs> a lot of people are buried in their Buicks? <laughs> oh, I think that's probably true. I, I was going to mention the last weekend, or yeah, two weeks ago yeah. in Allentown, Ed Welburn, who was the uh, vice president of design for General Motors, who just retired, was at the beat to yeah, talk to everybody. So we had a lot of we have a, had a lot of interesting things happen during the week and, and a lot of great Buick times. And it stayed true that when you get the gold AARP membership, you get a Buick with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's yeah. that's the only reason I joined. <laughs> that's how I got my Cascada convertible. Jeff, let me ask you a question. <laughs> when. What year was the last year that a Buick was a Buick and it wasn't how do I on another platform? Yeah, yeah, or another engine. Or another engine. That, that's a really good question too. I wish I had the answer to this morning. <laughs> oh, that, okay. <laughs> now the Cascada, as you know, by the way, is built in Poland. So a Buick's in a, really? a Buick, but it's imported from Poland. I didn't it's know really that. Opal. I wonder yeah. if the Sandusky yeah, really fa- family works at the factory. Yeah, they may have. I but, could well, be. the other thing is you've got you've got your small sport utilities. Some of them are built in Korea. Correct. Yeah. 
Really? Correct. But yeah. I, I will say, I do think, like I said before, I think Buick is catering more to a younger generation now. I mean, they were really late getting into the 4x4s. Look at Ford and the Explore, right? I mean, they own the sure. marketplace for a very long sure. period of time. And I think the Buick 4x4s are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, seriously, though, do you think it was late 60s, early 70s before the cross-pollination of uh, General Motors stuff? I think I think it was uh, early seventies. Early seventies, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, Buick always had a Dynaflow transmission, which was smoother than a Hydromatic. You had your own engines, the, the nail heads. We all love the nail head, and uh, I can't think of uh, God. 50. Well, that was the result of the emissions and the yeah. crash and the yeah. Caffey standards oh, and all and that all stuff. That junk. Yeah. The, well, and you'll recall stuff. that that somebody sued. General Motors over yeah. one of the cars, the o- and then was they began giving a disclaimer: yeah. your engine, your whatever, can be built any place, right? Yes, yeah. it might yeah. not be built at a. It was an Oldsmobile guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was it. A guy in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Jeff, we're coming close to the end of the show. Uh, we got about a minute to go. You want to wrap it up, right quick, with uh, final words? I'd like to thank everybody for their time. Visit www.buickheritagealliance.org and come join us on our quest to preserve the history of Buick. Well, with that being said, we want to thank you yeah. for joining yes. the Classic Car Show this morning. We hope that uh, you have a good time on your roller coasters today. How long will you be out there? Uh, well, it usually gets crowded around lunchtime, so I'll stay till after lunch and then come back again tomorrow morning. Yeah, if you run into Bridget, tell her I want my, my, my right, letter sweater back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeff. Jeff. This has been, um, you know, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I had a very good time. Yeah, this was nice fun. Man. Jeff is a yeah. super nice guy, and uh, yep. I think we had a, a very good show. I think next week we're probably going to have a show from uh, Kim Barnes. Uh, she's going to be on. And uh, the following week, possibly uh, our UK, uh, Mr. Uh, Kevin Flood. So invite you to come back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Stay tuned for the prologue. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.